0: Welcome to Season 3 of Fit2Be Radio. The goal of this season is to dive deep into real life fitness applications, exploring how exercise and core strength play out in situations we all face every day. You should know that Fit2Be Radio is a production of Fit2Be Studio, an online family friendly workout portal which specializes in home workouts and e courses for postpartum women of all ages. So, hey, strap on your sneakers and take us for a walk while we talk, or just grab your favorite drink and get on the floor and stretch while you enjoy the show. hello and welcome joining me today is anna surrey and i'm excited to have her to talk about a topic that we have not yet covered on this podcast ever at all and that is the topic of intuitive eating which i'm going to confess i don't know a lot about i've had some friends that have done it um, but other than that i've never really dug into the topic but it has come up a lot in our forum and been the subject of many discussions
1: Therefore, I think it's something we
0: should all learn about. So Anna, tell us where you're coming from.
1: I'm currently in Berlin. Um, I'm doing a little bit, I normally live in Portugal, uh, but it's just too hot and busy there over the summer months. So I'm just doing a little bit of a Northern European tour. Nice. For the next couple of months. Yeah. I wouldn't mind doing a little bit of a Northern European <laughs> tour. <laughs> <That>
0: sounds lovely. <laughs> And it's quite lovely, I have to say. Yeah, yeah, Yes, just, just a little tour. Yes. I've been to England um, for a women's health event back in 2019. And that was amazing. So I, I did a little bit of an England tour. But
1: that's, Which that's is also lovely. Can... England is amazing. Scotland and oh, I, I, I really mm-hmm. love it too. Yeah, there's a lot of places to explore.
0: Yes, I mean, I, I went by myself and everybody thought I was crazy but I loved every second of it. I love just taking the train. They call it the tube or something like that there. Yeah. And, uh, here we call it the subway and, or in Portland, Oregon in the United States, they call it the max, the max, the max. train, the max. Oh, yep.
1: that's how random. Why I ride, know.
0: The- <laughs> yeah. ride the max. Um, and it was just a fabulous trip. Just fabulous. Yes. Now what's so you said the weather
1: is hot there? Like when you say it's hot at the moment. Yeah, I mean it's it's in Celsius not Fahrenheit. So, right? you know, it's around 30 30 okay. Celsius.
0: That's I don't know weird.
1: what that is in Fahrenheit. So, you know, it's it's yeah. not. It's nice though. I'm enjoying it.
0: It's a lot warmer than 7 Celsius, which I know is the temperature of the clo- cold plunge tub that I use. <laughs> Which is very, very cold. And I only have lasted to three minutes at this point. Hey, that's, I think that's already
1: pretty uh, amazing.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I sit there and like do a little bit of slow Pilates type movements to try to distract myself. Totally. Yeah. 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 That we should do a whole podcast on that. Man, that's, it's been fun to learn how to do that. But today we're talking about intuitive eating. So, Anna, um, tell us a little bit about yourself first. Sure. How did you stumble into intuitive eating and um, what do you do with it? And maybe even just give us a basic definition, like what is intuitive eating?
1: Okay. So I, starting way, 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 way back when I was a teenager, I developed an eating disorder, anorexia, which was never back then- you know, these days there's a lot more information around disordered eating behaviors, but back then there really wasn't. So my parents had no idea how to deal with that, and it kind of just went untreated. Uh, it mm-hmm. then turned into binge eating disorder and all kinds of other dysfunctional behaviors around food. There was always that, uh, you know, body dysmorphic issue. So it was, I was constantly worried about my weight. I was always trying to get thinner. Uh, I became obsessed with eating healthy and perfectly Mm-hmm. Um, and it, it very much was the main topic of my life what should I eat or not eat when should I eat how much should I mm-hmm. eat and how can I lose the most amount of weight and keep it off so mm-hmm. how should I exercise how should I move um, and so I, I just got to sort of a rock bottom place where it, I, it was just all too much for me and um yeah it was I was very much struggling mentally um, as well as physically and I, I just got to that place where I thought okay I don't care anymore what happens with my body with food I just want out of this hell because it really was and that's when I discovered intuitive eating which was completely new to me a little bit like what you said you don't really mm-hmm. know anything about it and and neither did I but it was really incredible because when I learned about it it was this um, I always say I've been living in this house and there was this secret room that I just discovered now and I, I I kind of went, oh, what's this room? And I opened the door and it was full of the women who had had my same journey, my same story, and they could really transform their food relationship and overcome their eating challenges like binging and emotional eating and constantly overeating um, through intuitive eating. So it was kind of the the magic answer for me um, and it made you know, when I transitioned to that, it really created some really powerful changes in my life. Mm. So that's how I came to it. And I was, I had a background in the fitness industry. I was working as a Pilates teacher for a really long time, which, you know, that could be a whole other episode of how messed up the fitness industry can be when it comes to weight (laughs) and food. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So, yeah. So that obviously didn't help me personally, because it just kind of made everything worse but what i realized when i went onto my own healing journey in terms of food and body body image that i just didn't i felt like so many of my female clients were really struggling the way that i had been struggling and but now i had discovered this room and i want to say no you don't have to do it like this there is another way right you you can feel differently about your body uh, you can eat in a way that feels really good to you without extreme dieting and restriction and constantly trying to cut out the bad stuff and so um, I was really inspired to then make this my work and I I felt like the Pilates was great and I still love it and I still do it but to me there was a a foundation that so many women were missing where so much of their self-worth and and lovability was tied up to their appearance Mm -hmm. and it really impacted everything else that they did in life in their relationships in work in their work how they moved how they felt about themselves so i really felt like that's where the work really needs to start for so many women Um, Mm -hmm. so yeah that's how i came to that and then your question in terms of what is intuitive eating i always like to um give the example of little kids uh, that haven't read diet books or haven't been subjected to all the rules out there Right. And they have this innate sense of what they want to eat, you know. Sometimes mm-hmm. they just want carrots, like just carrots, maybe for three <laughs> days. Right. And then they go, no, nah, I'm done with the carrots now. That now I want potatoes. Or I just want fruit. Or you know, sometimes they'll eat something and when they've had enough, they just stop. They don't need yeah. to they don't need to go, Am I eighty percent full now? Because I've read that's where I should stop eating. They just know it. Right. That's the intuition that we're all born with. And so in essence, intuitive eating is coming back to the connection with our body and connecting with that intuitive wisdom that we all still carry within us. It's just that there's so much outside noise. It's very loud up here and very quiet in our body because our bodies send us signals all day long about when they're hungry, when they're full. But Mm -hmm. we question that because of what we've learned. Yeah. Right. And, And we go, am I really hungry? am I really hungry for this? But I've just eaten half an hour ago, so I shouldn't be hungry. And it's eight o'clock, it's probably too late. And, you know, so we just kind of really mess up with this perfect system that we were born with uh, Hmm. for many different reasons.
0: Yeah. You know, I'm on a mango kick right now.
1: Nice. And I have had some of
0: those conversations (laughs) like, I should not be eating this many mangoes, but they are so good. I was eating mangoes, dried mangoes, at 11 o'clock last night. And then I thought, well, I probably should have some protein with this. So I went and I got some cheese at 11 o'clock at night. But then I felt, I was like, okay, this is good. And I went to sleep. I'm in, I'm in race walking season right now. And this is the time of year where, um, like I normally try to not have a lot of snacks at night before bed. Um, <clears throat> you know, cause they always tell you don't eat before bed. It's not good. Mm-hmm. But to me, I feel so much better in the morning if I've had a snack at bedtime. And I've noticed my children are the same way. They don't, they don't like to eat first thing in the morning. And a lot of people don't, but there's that, oh, you got to eat breakfast. You got to eat breakfast. It's the most important meal of the day. All these little, we have all these little rules. And I've been thinking about those things a lot lately because for the first time in my life, I have been more emotional eating because there is a lot going on in my life all of a sudden that has never been in my life before. Mm -hmm. Some big changes. My daughter's going off to college. Um, Some major changes with my parents as they age. Some shifts in my marriage Mm -hmm. as we adjust to older children and adjust to different stages of life. And um, I mean, I could go on and on. And so I've noticed that I am not as hungry in the morning, but I, I eat a little bit more at night. I try to reach for the you know healthy, wholesome things as much as I can. But I've just noticed, like, whoa, there's all these rules. And I never bumped into the rules before because I have been more of, I think, probably an intuitive eater my whole life. I never have had to really worry too much. Um, I never thought about it because I never got into diet culture. I truly never did, ever.
1: Lucky you. Good for you, yeah. honestly. <laughs> yeah. Like my yeah. mom...
0: My mom um, did her best with what we had, and she had a grocery budget. But I remember she made homemade bread, but then she put hot dogs as the meat in the or spam. (laughs) So I really grew (laughs) up with this balance of like healthy homemade whole wheat bread with spam in the middle of it. (laughs) And that's what we. I mean, and vitamins. We got lots of vitamins, but but she would also make blueberry pancakes with tons of maple syrup and butter and peanut butter and. You know, so it was just like we had access to pretty much all the different foods growing up and there was never any stigma about food in my home. At least for me. I didn't I didn't your perspective. perspective. Yeah. Yeah. So but how is intuitive eating different fundamentally than dieting?
1: Yeah. I just if you don't mind, just kind of talk a little bit to the emotional eating part because I think so many people will be able to resonate with that. And I think it's also largely um, misunderstood because we have to really understand that we are built to reach to food for comfort. You know, when we're little babies, we're upset, we're afraid. We get mama and mm-hmm. we get the breast or the bottle. We get love, we get touch, we get right. affection, it feel safe. So it's only normal that when we are feeling distressed or anxious or alone or upset or stressed, to then reach for food as the first thing to help soothe ourselves there's inherently nothing wrong with that it's it's almost quite a effective strategy because instantly we get a relief right and so it's just that if that is the only thing that we have to support ourselves right through these Mm -hmm. moments um that then it becomes problematic so if we have I always talk about we have specific needs in those moments and that might be closeness to someone or a hug or, you know, a meaningful conversation or a therapy session or whatever it might be or we might just need a nap because we're really stressed and exhausted mm-hmm. um, and then we reach for food to meet that need and it's not actually, it's, it doesn't match up. Right. But it can be whilst we don't always have the opportunity to get our needs met in that exact moment or we we don't have the resources to address this issue at that moment reaching for food can be the next best thing just to kind of tide us over and that is okay because mm-hmm. I just noticed that people make emotional eating less like it's a really bad thing and then yeah. they start to feel guilty and then they think oh my god I shouldn't be doing this I need to go on a diet and then then things really start to unravel in a negative way so I think you know, just being really compassionate with ourselves when it comes to emotional eating, and like you said, you're, you're noticing, you're witnessing the sh- these shifts, and you know where it's coming from. And I think mm-hmm. that's already um, a really great place to start. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, I just kind of wanted to add that on. Thank um, you. So you were asking what can go sideways, what can go wrong if we transition?
0: Um, well, that? actually, yeah, that's a good that's a good way to go. I was also asking like like what is the difference between. Ah. intuitive eating and dieting. Cause I know some people do approach intuitive eating because diets haven't worked and they've heard, I've heard that it can be a good way to actually end up at a healthy weight, not right away, but it's a sustainable approach to eating that can actually help balance things out in your body.
1: Yeah. So this is a this is such a big topic because of course there's also the piece of body image and fat phobia that comes into it. Mm-hmm. Um, so essentially, when we talk about diets, there's always a form of restriction. Mm -hmm. um in terms of specific foods food groups or amounts of foods so you know we might be allowed to eat chocolate but we can only have a certain amount of chocolate so again oh you know we're allowed to eat at a certain from from that time to that time or we're allowed to eat eat a certain amount of calories yeah yeah or we're allowed to eat all the healthy stuff so you know we have a list of foods that are allowed and then there's a list of foods that isn't allowed which inherently goes against honoring our body because Intuitive eating really means that we have unconditional permission and access to all foods, Mm -hmm. and that includes all the foods. That also includes ice cream and chocolate and chips and fries and pizza and pasta Mm -hmm.
0: because it's only really nice. (laughs) Every Tuesday is pizza night at my house. For anybody that's listening, Uh... if you need freedom there, Papa Murphy's Pizza every single Tuesday. It is a thing that is what we do.
1: love that and because the thing is when we we tell ourselves excuse me I can have this food whenever I want for the rest of my life then we go away from the question of am I allowed to have that to do I really want that right now Mm, do I actually mm -hmm. really want pizza right now yeah because a lot of the a lot of my clients come to me with you know these really strict rules around what to eat and what not to eat and they say you know a lot of them struggle with binge eating binging on the exact foods that they're not allowed to eat. Right. It's always mm-hmm. the case. So when yes. we then remove the restriction and we go, okay, you know, you love M&Ms, you feel totally out of control with M&Ms, just have a massive jar of M&Ms always available to you. You'd be surprised how quickly they're not interested in M&Ms anymore because it's yeah. always there. The novelty is gone. It almost becomes sort of boring. So we, it's called food habituation where, you know, we expose ourselves constantly to these foods and then at some point we go, oh, yeah, it's just M&Ms. Oh, yeah, it's just pizza. Oh, yeah, it's just ice cream. I can have it again later. I can have it again tomorrow. Do I really feel like ice cream right now? Right. So that's, mm-hmm. that's how it's different to diets where we don't have rules and restrictions, but we come back to our body's voice mm-hmm. and go, okay, what food <clears throat> do I feel like right now as opposed to what food am I allowed to have right now? Right. Right. right has that ever backfired? I mean, does that ever go sideways?
0: Have you ever had somebody that, nope, you give them all the M&Ms, they will just keep eating the M&Ms for weeks and weeks and weeks?
1: So I think there needs to be a big shift happening from, you know, how in diet, in the diet world, there's either right or wrong, good or bad. It's very black and white. Right. But life doesn't really happen that way. You know, life happens sort of in that messy gray middle. Yes. And so it's coming away from in doing intuitive eating the right way, or or failing at it. You know, mm. there it's it's a constant because we go through different phases in our life, like you're experiencing right now. You might be craving some of the comforting foods because of what's going on in your life right now. That cheese, might change I'm craving again.
0: Cheese, all the cheese, give me yeah, all the cheese.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so so there, you know. We never arrive at a point. We never get to this place and go, yep, okay, I've, I've perfected eating now. I'm the perfect intuitive eater. We are constantly changing and so do our eating habits and our preferences. So for me, I always just invite people to look at this ed- as, a, as an exploration and go, okay, right now, I'm really loving M&Ms and I'm really loving bread, whatever it might be. And I'm also really loving broccoli, right? Yeah, Maybe yeah. that's what I'm really digging right now. And then at some point, maybe the M&Ms aren't so so interesting and I'm having more, if I'm craving sweet things, I'm really loving ice cream because it's also summer and it's hot yeah. and i will got something cold and yeah. popsicles. Yeah. So I think what can happen for people when they move away from the really strict rules, because, of course, that also gives them a direction. Mm-hmm. Um, so in that transitional period, when we do give permission to eat whatever they want, because they might have restricted these particular foods for a really long time, there's a, there can be a period where they eat more of these foods. So, mm-hmm. for example, for me, it was um, peanut butter was a major trigger food for a binge for me. So, mm-hmm. you know, I would only ever buy it in a small jar uh, because I knew if I had it in the house, you know, I'd just eat the whole thing. And so for me, in my recovery period, it was just giving myself full permission to eat peanut butter whenever I wanted. I always had a big jar of peanut butter in the fridge, no matter how quickly I would go through it. And seriously, for three months, every single day, I ate peanut butter on toast. That's just all I wanted.
0: Yeah. And then after
1: three months, I couldn't have cared less about peanut butter.
0: Hmm. Right. But I, I had to really
1: go through, through that ice phase. Ice cream. I wonder if it would be the same for me with ice cream,
0: because I went through what? a serious ice cream phase in college. I feel like I was the most intuitive eater when I was like in sixth and seventh grade, and I went through a major reading phase, and I just I would I lived on like bagels and cheese, <laughs> 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 and then and then in college again, it was like ice cream, burritos, ramen, and yeah. But I felt so healthy. I was really busy all the time and I had some spinach salads in there somewhere too, but ate out a lot of fast food during college and, uh, yeah, a lot of ice cream. Oh my gosh. Like every night, all the ice cream while I did homework. I'm trying you know, to remember uh, think of ice cream. I don't know. I don't eat much ice cream now though. So
1: there you go. A lot of it has to do with guilt because this is what happens. People tell themselves, okay, I'm going to have ice cream, but they actually feel really guilty about it. You know, all those rules come in Mm -hmm. again. Oh, it's so much sugar and it's so many calories and I'm trying to lose weight and I probably, you know, need to really go extra hard on my workout tomorrow and maybe Tomorrow I should make up for it and not eat any sugar. Like that whole dialogue goes on yeah. while they're eating the ice cream. They're not actually really present with the ice cream and just enjoying going, oh, my God, this is so delicious. This is exactly what I felt like. Yeah. So they're eating in a stress response, not right. in a rest and digest response. So mm-hmm. what happens with the guilt is usually then people will put some kind of form of mental restriction in place. Like I just said, they're eating it, but they're already telling themselves, okay, tomorrow or the next week I'm not going to have it. And this kind of restriction then often drives people to eat more in the moment because they're telling themselves, okay, this is the last time this week I'm eating ice cream, so I might as well go for it. Right. Then we tend to overeat and be disconnected from our bodies because when we eat in a stress response as well, we're not in tune with our body. We're, again, up here and we're not intuitively eating. That makes sense. so removing guilt and shame from our eating experience is something that I always uh, you know see as, as one of the most important things.
0: So if somebody wanted to start their journey with intuitive eating, like what's what's a first step? Like, is there something they could do right now to just kind of begin that journey if they're yeah.
1: wanting to I head think, in that direction? I think the awareness piece is really big. So for them to start to notice when, when they get hunger signals and what that feels like in their body. And then just to check in, are they questioning their hunger signals? As in, do they check the time first? Do they think when they last ate something? Um, do they think about how much exercise did I do today? Or do they get the hunger signal and then go straight to get some food and eat it without any mental dialogue? and again like i just said with the guilt for them to notice every time they're eating the forbidden or bad stuff to notice am i feeling guilty right now am i actually giving myself pleasure i think this is a really nice way to sort of ease into it because awareness is always the first piece you know for us to actually become aware of our eating habits and how they might be negatively impacting ourselves right so that's the first great step to really feel into their bodies when it comes to cravings and hunger, Mm -hmm. and then looking at how am I honoring that or how am I ignoring it? Man,
0: you're saying so many things. Excuse me. Oh, my goodness. Got a frog in my throat. I need to quit smoking. Just kidding. I don't smoke. Just like, wow. Um, So many things you're saying are resonating with me right now in And I've had similar conversations with people throughout my journey in the fitness world and they've never resonated before. I've always been like, that's not me. I don't know. But right now in the season I'm in, I'm like, oh my goodness, that is me. I am like, oh, I'm hungry. But should I be hungry? Because I just, I just ate and I, well, I haven't exercised today. So I could just eat and then exercise. And I'm like, wow, what I'm going through right now has really shifted my internal dialogue. Mm -hmm. And there is a lot of pressure in the fitness industry to be and look a certain way. And if anything, I feel like the pressure has gone up on me recently as I've gotten older, my body doesn't respond the same way to food anymore. Um, And so I don't feel as free to just eat what I want because I, the, what they, the, the ladies that joke about, I can't eat that, or it shows up on my thighs the next day. I was like, that's impossible. That's just an exaggeration. I don't know. I'm 44 and I really swear that's actually true. Like if I eat more sugary things, um, I truly will put on like three or four pounds and feel so much more bloated and just blah. And so for me, like avoiding processed sugars is super helpful, but then that creates this cascading dialogue of, well, I really want something sweet. Okay, what's, what's the other, okay, stevia. What do I've got that has stevia? Well, I don't. Well, okay. Um, all right. Well, but I already, and I need to add protein and I'm not actually, ugh, I give up.
1: <laughs> it's, it's exhausting, so, right? So, I mean, I would say you're lucky that this is only starting for you now because most of the people that come to me have been with that kind of dialogue for 10, 20, 30, 40 years. That's been their life.
0: I've only had um, this dialogue for like maybe the past three to six months. And- I absolutely hate it. And I, I can truly say I eat very well. Like I've got the, I get protein with every snack or meal. Um, you know, I, I know, I know all the things I always get the protein and the veggies and the, and the balance of all. And yeah, but there's the stress and trauma that's humming in the background of my life has complicated the planning system. And it's also complicated my hunger signals and it's complicated my metabolism. I feel like even just a bit more and all of that has just put me in a place where I am really resonating with what you're saying.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think again, there is, you know, we probably won't have time to talk about this today, but there is the piece of body image. And Mm -hmm. I mean, this is usually the underlying driver for most of the women because usually women go on a diet because they want to lose weight or they want to maintain right. weight, right? So we need to also look at any, any dysfunctional behaviors around food. There's always a yeah. dissatisfaction yeah. that was there with their bodies first and foremost, mm-hmm. and there is often this terror in them of gaining weight. And usually people don't question why, you know, I'm always the first person to ask, so why is it a problem if you gain weight? Mm. They never ask mm. themselves that right? because, you know, and then, the, then we dig deeper and go, well, because um, I, I'm more confident if I'm at this weight or, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. my partner won't find me attractive or people will judge me or mm-hmm. um, I'm going to end up alone or, you know, we get to some mm-hmm. really deep core issues that it's, it's never about the weight. It's about what we make it mean to right. us because right. it, essentially, you know, if we're gaining three or four or five pounds, what's the big deal? right? Right. What's the big deal? Nothing. It's fine. Mm -hmm. Um, But so it's more what's, yeah, what's attached to that? And what are our deepest fears? And then we get to some, that's always for me, this is the work that I love to do, because there we access some, some of the deeper core issues that have been driving them their entire lives. And I think especially for women, this is so such important work, as we change, uh, as we age, as we go through different phases, because there has been just such a focus on appearance and, you know, anti-aging and having to have the body of a 20-year-old forever. And, you know, as if it's not completely normal that our bodies change with childbirth, uh, PMS, uh, perimenopause or menopause as we age, you know, for some women that's their, their bodies change and, Mm -hmm. you know, like, Like I said at the beginning, our bodies have such wisdom. Maybe your body just wants to be a little bit heavier right now. Maybe Mm -hmm. that's just what it needs right now. And we don't necessarily need to understand that. We just got to go, okay, I trust your body. I'm taking care of you as best as I can. I'm listening to your hunger cues and craving cues. Um, I'm also not you know, restricting in any way because my life is just a little bit hard right now and I need some extra sugar and that's okay, (laughs) right? And just to come, like I said before, coming back to that messy gray area of what it means to be a human, it's it's never going to be perfect and there's always going to be things to navigate and we just go through different phases and how can we move through those phases with grace rather than with punishing Mm -hmm. our bodies or needing to control our bodies? Right and i think that's yeah. at the
0: heart of it too is things feel out of control so the need to control and to return to structure and and to to automatically want to go back to a structure that we remember working before but the thing is what worked for my body when i was 35 with smaller younger children is not what is working for my body currently in my mid 40s with teenagers and A self-employed husband who has a wacky job schedule and aging parents and, 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 and perimenopause. And (laughs) so, yeah, like what you just said, there is so much grace in that and there's a war within myself. And I know every other woman to really lean into that and to give ourselves that grace and to honor, like you said, honor what our bodies are doing, and not expect our bodies to be rigid. And I have preached that same message my whole life, and now I find myself right, like you said, the messy middle of that message,
1: and going, "Gosh, now this applies to me." Hm. And it's a whole, <laughs> a whole other thing when it applies to you. To yeah, you know, with like preaching something and then experiencing and gaining weight and being in that body and going, "Okay." this is what I'm presented with right now. How am I moving through that? And I think we have to also really ask ourselves, why are we at a war inside? Where's that coming from? Because some time ago, you know, women weren't so consumed with their changes in their bodies as they were aging or at any other time. It was okay. It was just a normal part of life. So a lot of these fears and a lot of these insecurities and a lot of these discomforts are actually from the outside, from what from we receive media daily and for and- decades about what a woman should look like and what makes her desirable and that she needs to be desirable and beautiful in the first place. Um, so, you know, a lot of that turmoil that we're experiencing isn't coming from us. It's what we've been receiving from the outside. Mm-hmm. And it's really important to sort of separate that. Because mm. also, you know, I feel like we can really make such a big impact if more and more women come back to themselves and own themselves and go, "This is who I am. This is who yeah. I am, and I stand for that.
0: And this is what I'm going through. And yeah. look, and this, this is, is what, what I look like. You know. And exactly. I heard myself. I I read myself. You know. I do a lot of talking through writing, and especially in our um, private support forum that we have for. All of our customers on on Facebook, and and somebody mentioned that she'd been through a miscarriage, and that um, the miscarriage was uh, maybe six months prior to that. It was really traumatic, and you know she'd just been pretty much eating everything in sight and had gained this weight. And when could she expect to, to lose the weight? And I've been pondering the answer I gave her as I look at what I'm going through right now. And there's a lot I'm not saying and a lot I'm leaving out because it's just so deep and big. Um, but she, I said to her, Hey, when you go through a stress and a trauma, your cortisol levels are elevated and cortisol is like, you know, the fight or flight, there's a lot of adrenaline and your body's like, okay, we're going to, we're going to store extra right now because there's been a trauma. And really for women, that's, that is in some ways a benefit because estrogen is a fat based molecule. So our bodies are pretty smart to do that because we need estrogen as we get older, but our bodies tend to produce less estrogen, which is a problem because estrogen is a plumping hormone. We have a really good podcast on hormones. We've done a really good podcast on menopause and premenopause. If anybody's listening and wants to go back and hear that you start to understand like why it's actually important for our bodies to keep some extra as we head into menopause, because it actually helps to balance our hormones. We're not young and scrawny and thin anymore, and we're not having babies anymore. So our bodies are trying to find that balance. And if we have, if we don't have enough body fat, then we're also not going to have enough estrogen. And then we end up needing to take hormone replacement. So I'm like, I've been pondering that like, okay, I'm under a lot of stress. So my body is naturally, I want to eat more and I've got about an extra five to seven pounds right now than I normally do. But you know what? I actually feel really good in my body. I feel healthy. My clothes actually, they all still fit. Everything still fits. And I feel strong. Um, I feel stressed, but I, I also feel strong and I have good energy. So like, there it is right there. There it is. You know, this I'm, I'm working to balance. I'm making the best choices I can, but I'm, this is where I'm at. And I know exactly where the war is coming from. As you were talking, I know exactly the comments that have been made. Um, And I know exactly the traumas that are starting this and I can control some of those and
1: I can not control others. Yeah. I love that. And, you know, always coming back to this coming from such a self-loving place through all of it, you know, how much can I love myself through that messiness, through the scariness, through the discomfort, through the eating, Everything inside like the woman. You know, and just (laughs) all the mangoes and and cheese. (laughs) All the mangoes and cheese or whatever she's eating in her case because she's just experienced such a loss and just go, yeah, this is what I'm capable of doing right now. And it's okay. Mm -hmm. I love myself through this rather than going, Oh, why did you do this again? And you're such a loser and you're never gonna get it together and you're fat and ugly and you will be forever. You know, we're always very quick to step to let that voice really come out. And um, I think it's so important, you know, the more it comes back to that grace we were talking about, the more compassionate, loving we can be towards ourselves through all this, through the mess mm-hmm. and through the discomfort. Um, yeah, the, the, the easier it will be. Yeah.
0: What are some of your favorite, um, like if you could point somebody in a direction, in addition to yourself, because you do coaching on this, but um, also like what are some of your favorite Books and resources along this
1: topic. So, for for anyone who's just you know who's never heard of intuitive eating, or maybe who's heard of it and who's really curious, there is actually the book called Intuitive Eating, um, which is by, is by um, Elise Resch and Evelyn triboli They 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 came up with this. They developed mm-hmm. this um, a long time ago now, and it's a really great resource. So that okay. is a really perfect first place to start to read up about it.
0: Okay. And then, yeah. like, what are what do you offer? Like, what do you bring to the table in terms of coaching and where can people find you?
1: Yeah, so I work with people generally one-on-one in a three-month container support mm-hmm. program. It's very unique where we um, – obviously, everybody comes into this with a different story, with a different mm-hmm. struggle and challenges in terms of food and body and weight. Um, so it's a very hands-on bespoke program yeah. where we look at of course eating behaviors but also like i said before we go look at what's actually going on underneath and get to the root cause of the problem rather than slapping another band-aid yeah. on it yeah. which often dieting can be and exercise is a coping tool and mm-hmm. a distraction away from what's actually going on so um yeah that's what we do in the program and i mainly spend time on instagram Instagram and Facebook, but Instagram mainly. So if anyone is interested, there are a lot of free free resources. Yeah, and that's how I found
0: you. I stumbled onto you and I was like, oh,
1: um,
0: you know, I have all these topics in my head and I'm constantly looking for voices that I would trust in the way they present mm-hmm. um, to make sure they'd be a good fit. And, you know, just it's that same aligning message of grace and taking care of yourself so that we can we can do a better job of taking care of our families. If mama's falling apart, a lot of other things are going to fall
1: apart. Absolutely,
0: absolutely. <laughs> yeah, well, Anna, thank you so much for your wisdom for coming on the show. Um, what is your Instagram handle and, and what do you have a website? Like, where can people find you?
1: Just, yeah, just on Instagram. I don't have a website. Um, it's just at Anna uh, sorry, at I am Anna Sari. So, just okay. my name, okay. yeah.
0: I'm Anna Suri. S U R R E Y, exactly. Awesome. And she's very responsive um, and she's great to talk to. So if you have questions about this, just reach out to her. She's wonderful, as you can tell, and uh, has lots of brilliant insights and has just given me a lot to think about. So thank you so much for coming on again. And I wish you well. And I hope lots of people connect with you. Thank you so much for having me. For listening to this episode of Fit2Be Radio. I hope you'll subscribe to our show and support us and our guests by clicking on the links we mentioned during the episode, which you'll find in the show notes wherever you're listening or watching. We'd also be so grateful if this episode helped you in any way. If you take a moment to share it on social media, be sure to follow us on Instagram at fit 2 Studio, on Facebook, fit 2 Tummy Safe Fitness, and on Twitter at Fit2Be. And if you're looking for family-friendly, affordable tummy-safe workouts to do at home. Start your membership today at fit2be.com. Thank you.